0: Well, welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here, Sil O'Brien, Yellow. Check us out on iTunes. Search for The Glue Guys, uh, at BK glue Guys on Twitter, NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio, and Facebook. And Brian, we, we got, we're going to be doing some exclusive content for Facebook. You don't even know about it, but we're doing it.
1: You're doing stuff without me knowing about it, Mike? We're going to do it. We're going to make exclusive
0: Facebook-only content, and then we will play <laughs> it on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> so it won't be exclusive. News to me. Am I going to be part of this? Yeah, our faces are going to be up there. Holy cow. People want to see what we look like. Do Mike, you know that?
1: Uh, do you know that? Who? Who wants to? Have you heard of uh, Raging success after the draft when we put our faces on Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, I, I drank too much coffee before this, and I may have eaten raw <sighs> chicken. It's and, a, I'm, a, and I'm a stressing a out. A brew inside your belly. It I'm really sorry. is. It's okay. I'm a professional, and I'm going to work it out. So let's get it right. So, where are we at? We're at Twitter, and, you know, oh, God, I feel terrible. <laughs> uh, you're professional, as in the way Jared Sollinger may be a professional with the Brooklyn Nets. Brian. Yeah. Uh, oh, you want to jump right into right in my scattering report on Jared Solinger Uh, he's overweight. Uh, I don't know. He's <laughs> that seems to be. Exactly. I, that's it. That's the whole have we thing. done that yet? Have we done that? Uh, the scattering report music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have in the past. Um. I'm glad I'm But listening. I'm going to be rolling it out quite a bit more as we gear up for the season. <laughs> Excellent. I did do a fair amount of Jared Sellinger research, and by research I mean checking out Celtic's blog. Uh, they did a poll on whether or not they would want Jared Sellinger back, and the percentages were roughly split three ways. 33% yes. Okay. 33% no. 33% only as a last resort, which kind of a yes. yes. And That's a, a yeah. double yes if you're the Nets in a very different situation. Yeah. Um, from the Boston Celtics. Keeping in mind, this is from like June 24th, so this is before um, all the mayhem happened. I mean, I'm. Uh, what do I care? What do I care? Do I want Jared Sullivan on your team? I he
0: was a legitimate prospect at one point, and I would be excited. Cited if he was on the team. I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with it. It'd be more exciting than Anthony Bennett was. Yeah, Anthony Bennett was so bad. I think Jared Solinger has something. And what we're talking about is Jared Sollinger uh, has been rumored to be with the Nets. It seems like he's working out with the Nets. There's a picture of him and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, Jared Solinger's in
1: Nets gear, and he's a foot surgery guy. This is our we're like the mecca. MSG is the mecca of basketball. We're the mecca of foot surgery yeah. rehab guys, rehab projects. Um. I'm not, I mean, obviously, I'm not opposed to to taking a flyer on a 15th guy with with his sort of past. I mean, he's 25. He's uh, He still looks giant, though, I got to tell you. Like, based on, I watched those recent clips from, like, the TBT tournament. Right, um, yeah. Still pretty thick. Was he playing in that? Yeah, yeah, he was crushing it. Oh, God. Yeah. Um,
0: I w- I, Would you rather be playing the TBT or the Big Three? I have a big. I
1: have a big three. Uh, I mean, the big three is is the signal for when you are. I mean, you want to you want to put a good ten years in between your <laughs> wherever Ricky Davis is playing. I don't want to be, yeah, yeah. and that's the big three. Dude, uh, Mahmoud Ab- Abdul Rauf uh, was crushing it. I watched some highlights of him in the big three or the like gray bearded fifty three or something. <laughs> You're uh, watching highlights, yeah. Of the big well, three? I wanted I hadn't seen any of it, and I was like, what? I wanted to see what this event was like. I got to be honest, from from the TV perspective, it's pretty crusty basketball. It is some yeah. very rickety. Well, like literally I have
0: in news around the league, I, I'm going to have discussion of the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. So Fox Sports won, picked it back up. They're going to show more games. The ratings on the games, you know, I don't know in terms of generally Fox Sports is one's lineup, but they got less than 200,000 viewers per game after the opening Game oh, oh, after the big opening in Brooklyn,
1: less than 200,000
0: per per like the the games that they had. I think they'll they have like multiple games in one night, right? And yeah. That's kind of how they do it, they do it. There's not just like one game, it's eight games or something. Yeah. Um so like that's not good. After the Brooklyn thing like so when they were in Brooklyn and there's a ton of people there, a ton of celebrities, I was like, "Oh, maybe there's just something here. Maybe there's some kind of like element of we're going to have basketball plus like more integration with celebrity culture. And we're going to play a little nostalgia notes on top of you. And it's just going to be kind of like this nice little subset of summer basketball.
1: Yeah.
0: After that day, I literally hadn't heard or thought about it besides people getting injured because they were too old to play basketball. Like Jason Williams got hurt because his hamstrings (laughs) blew up. (laughs) Someone else. Yeah. And then Iverson disappeared for a week and missed games when Iverson's the biggest draw. Um, I think it's interesting that Fox Sports 1 is committed again to showing the big three when... I don't know what would make them successful. Like, what would make... So, like, there's a kid in who... There's a top recruit is going to go to Western Kentucky. And he was going to go to Western Kentucky, and then he dropped out. He's going to go to another school. And then gonna, like, the only way you become relevant is if you grab a young kid like that mm-hmm. and just like be like if they got zion williamson yeah for a year and they're like zion you don't go to college, just come to us for a year play with ice cube yeah and become sort of a traveling circus for one year and we'll pay you a ton of money but that's the only way i see that league really working the
1: own. they need people who can dunk the basketball that's there, yeah. there's a <laughs> like just from a uh entertainment business perspective there's a a pretty serious lack of athleticism out there. The only like highlight play is like Kenyon Martin blocking somebody off the backboard, like blocking Rasul Butler off the backboard. (laughs) And and he still has a gray beard. Yeah. It's still like that. Still it's getting, it's getting ever grayer
0: by the minute. And it's that, that weird look of like, that looks like Kenyon Martin, but then you also, then you zoom in on his face. Like dude is getting older. They're all getting older as we we all are. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, In the, I think it was in the All-Star games they used to do, or they still do the three-on-three tournament where they do uh, NBA legend, WNBA player, and then I think like a celebrity or something. Mm -hmm. And the level of basketball in that was much higher. (laughs) Do you think so? Than the big, because you'd have like. Bieber, you know, dropping dimes. Well, you'd have like Magic Johnson playing with Swin
1: Cash, playing with whoever the other person was yeah i mean like yeah getting like arvidas sabonis out there just throwing throwing passes over his shoulder as like the, the you know a point center i would yeah. i would <laughs> totally watch that By the way, get some cutters in there that's what you need you need a cutter um but yeah so jared Sellinger should not go to the big three um i in think play. that is at least not in this current iteration that would you be know, a bad career move but like should he be in that because here's the thing. The, the Nets have a ton of freaking players, Brian. He doesn't fit. I mean, the model... Yeah, of, it doesn't I watched, actually fit. I watched a bunch of his clips, and uh, he is as, like, clear out. I'm, I'm working on this guy, centric, as you would assume, a man of that size. I even went so far as to be like, well, maybe, like... What what kind of like reclamation products or, or projects have there been from fat guys over the years? And there's really not many. And, and like they'd be like, "What are the best fat players?" Always that's on the back end of their career. Like what like, are the best
0: fat <laughs> players? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, that's a like, good all, Oliver Miller
1: was uh, who I I totally forgot about. Do you remember Oliver Miller? No. Oliver Miller was heard of a monster. He played on Dallas for many years and um, Sacramento in his, in his heaviest years, but he was like three hundred pounds, like six eight, real and like a really. Uh, unsculpted, three hundred pounds, like a proper well, <laughs> yeah, like like tractor trailers, the famous big guy, but yeah. he was he had like a chest. You know, yeah. this guy has sunken chest. It's like my body, but plus <laughs> plus an extra hundred pounds. <laughs> You're right, um, coming in at two hundred these days. So I could tell, uh. <laughs> <laughs> son of a gun. Um, yeah, mean, so the, the- it doesn't fit the the motion offense stuff that we're trying to do in the first place. So there's not a he would have to adapt on a variety of levels to what we're doing here to actually get some burn.
0: I mean, I remember being super excited about him when he was coming out because I'm a sucker for high level recruits who get knocked down the draft board for some reason. Uh, Jared Solinger was a high level recruit and he got knocked down the draft board because he has terrible knees or whatever injury history he had. The guys who are power forwards who can't become centers and can't become small forwards is a, dead position scolas the scola types like you can't have a guy like scola really on your that's that's a 2005
1: position that's back in 2005 that was hot it
0: just there's not if you can't be like kevin love is even in a weird situation and we talked about
1: this a million times yeah and he's lost a ton of weight i mean he lost a ton of weight over his career he's compared to where he came in as like a you know rookie and sophomore
0: have you seen the shot of like so isaiah thomas obviously i don't know if you heard got traded to the Cavs mm, oh mm. uh and there's the shot of they were on the same AAU team mm-hmm. at one point and fat Kevin Love and yeah. still tiny yeah, yeah. Isaiah Thomas just look an adorable little couple yeah quite, um quite the pair but like Kevin Love can't play center and he's in a tr- he's in trouble with being in Cleveland because like in the crunch time LeBron's gonna play the four essentially even mm-hmm. though he's playing point guard he's also playing the four um Jared Solinger would not be that useful and I would rather, again, like, what's the ceiling
1: for Jared Solinger, right? Here's, Here's the ceiling for Jared Solinger. It's Boris Dio. If he can become Boris Dio. That would be great.
0: But, then, like, yeah. yeah
1: but that's that, and, tur- and it took Boris Dio many years to become the and, suboptimal. And he's out of the league now, too, I think,
0: right? I don't think he's on any rosters. Maybe yeah. he's on Charlotte because <laughs> mm-hmm. everyone, everyone seems to be. Every dinosaur is on yeah. Charlotte at this point. Um, But the ceiling is something like... A serviceable guy that can get you eleven points on a random night, make some decent passes, which is what Solinger can do. But wouldn't you rather again look for the next Hassan White side and just keep trying to get guys out of the D League that are super interesting, that have had a weird path so far? Yes. They again the Nets have a lot of players. Milton Doyle needs to make this team. Mm. And if Jaron Solinger's on this team, Milton Doyle can't make the team, so is there.
1: that right? Is he blocking the way for? I mean, but look, the front court depth is is abysmal at present. I'm fine with that. I real because I think it's going to go all all guards all that, day. This team is going to be so much
0: more interesting if they don't try to like yeah. if they don't try to play a Scola type. Just if they don't try to play a Solinger type, pure small ball all day. I'm not ashamed of Mozgov and Jared Allen being centers. Yep. Do you know who going to be like the the Celtics centers this year? Are Aaron Baines and yeah, I don't even know who else they're they're gonna play. Some uh, Horford um, at the five, but Horford doesn't want to be a five. He wants yeah. to be a power forward. Um, like wh- this team, I don't know why this team would feel like it's not like Jared Soldier is gonna make you a playoff team. No. So, and what matchup is Jared Solinger gonna make you better? He's not. He's not gonna be like. You know when, s- when you
1: play Charlotte, he's gonna go. <laughs> Charlotte is, <laughs> yeah. is the only team. Whenever when Zach Randolph comes to town, will we- you? I mean, if it happens, what, what are
0: we, we're not going to
1: drop their win total or anything. But yeah, so that's a no go on Cylinder. Um <laughs> Love it. Also, in the comment section on Celtics blog, though, he everyone was like, "No, God, no!" Like all of the anyone that's inclined to be vocal about this kind of thing was vocally opposed to it. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. What, I don't know for what that's worth. But um, hey, the Vegas odds came out for the NBA over under win totals. Yeah.
0: Which were super, surprisingly interesting, at least from a Nets perspective, Yeah, I felt like. Um, I got them right here. Uh, no, you don't. The Nets over-under is set at, for wins, 28 and a half. Yeah. The Nets won 20 games last year. Yeah. Um, so sort of the couple of things that I was looking out for was who ha- has a lower win total projected-wise, according to Vegas. And again, the thing about Vegas is, right, they set the line so people actually bet on them. It's not like what actually is going to happen, whatever. Yeah. Um the Bulls the Hawks are the only two teams are, that are technically below the Nets and the Suns have the same win total. Um so if if we're playing this out the Net, the Nets pick would be 3 or 4 um which we who whatever team that pick will be going to we don't know. And the other interesting fact is I think the Lakers are predicted to win 6 more games than the Nets which yeah like, again,
1: I don't know how I feel about, but what do you? How here's you feel about the number? Here's my line of thinking in all yeah. this. Um, <clears throat> I think that basically, so all of the teams, like here's my cutoff for. So here's the thing: I think it's pretty egalitarian for the really, really bad teams where where we're at. I can't. I don't know that there's anyone that really jumps off the page as particularly abysmal. And uh, this season, this season. I mean, I know that Atlanta and, and Chicago. Everyone's like. I think the Bulls are raging on. It. Yeah, I'm you know, and I'm excited for a bad Bulls team. We haven't had that, and, in and even still, like Vegas, I think gave them, like 21 wins or 20 wins or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you have it. But 21 and a half. Yeah, 21 and a half. Um, which is like not. I mean, in terms of like the bell shaped curve of curve of abysmalness, not not super far to the left side of it. Um, sure. So, but so Atlanta Bulls, Brooklyn, and then so above us are Phoenix, Sacramento, Orlando, New York, Indiana, Lakers. That's sort of my cutoff for I could see any kind of interchangeable you know it could break depending on who gets injured or whatever, sure could be ahead or way behind any of those teams um and then like and then it goes Dallas Detroit, New Orleans, which I think are significantly better um if if we're making a tier system which guys in our position are are often wanted to do yeah um, so I mean with that in mind though, keeping in mind if you have If you do fall, if you if everything breaks right, and I think this is like I think this season in general will be sort of a referendum on for the Nets how much how exactly how much culture or attitude or all these you know heretofore intangible intangible things actually matter towards your win total Um, because this is a very good example of a team that's like motivated for the purpose of being motivated and a lot of the teams. In, in this group that I just mentioned Probably not motivated for any, any real reason There's not a whole lot going on On any of these teams that they would want to Necessarily play hard There's not a whole lot of Ubuntu vibes On any of those Well things. and it's interesting because like the Knicks Are
0: projected to have two more wins than the Nets And the Knicks One that's a weird Like that's an interesting value proposition If you're going to bet Because if they do trade Carmelo for nothing Then yeah. then you if you bet the under right now I think you're going to make a good amount of money I mean, the Knicks have their first-round pick. They have reason to tank. Um, their culture is horrible. Yeah, they do have more talent for sure. Um, <clears throat> the The thing about the culture argument for the Nets is is while we saw the culture persist throughout the entire season, you know, we talked to Irina Pavlova, talked about how at the end of the season they had that dinner and everyone was happy still, even though the season was horrible. I mean, justifiably, it was. It was a bad year if you're just going to take a long view perspective. Mm-hmm. While we were in it, we didn't feel terrible. No. But it was bad. Um I think with this team, if they don't win early, the culture thing is going to wobble a bit. I think mm. I don't this isn't I don't know if they're going to have this overriding sense of culture because there's there's a weird amount of hype for a team that's not good. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, well, it's also it's interesting because I sorry to interrupt. You, no, but I didn't mean please to again, do. Because I've seen i see I've seen that there's a nice big uh, a nice dichotomy here where there are people that falling on the Nets are going to surprise you and be fifth or eighth worst or whatever, or like some people even dare to say playoffs, and then some people you know many of the sort of familiar ESPN heads mm-hmm. are just flippantly like they're going to be bad and. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm willing to hear arguments on both sides. I'm not sure I'm decided yet. I'm not I'm not sure I think I have a full-blown opinion on this because yeah. Um I could see it going either way. Cuz there's just too many players on the roster
0: that are the 50-50 like Karselbert is the perfect example of a guy you have no clue who he's going to be. Yeah. If he's the same player as last year, that's not that's not good enough. Yeah. Um if he's the same shooter as last year, that's not gonna be good enough. If Jeremy Lynn actually plays basketball this year, that'll be good. If yeah. D'Angelo Russell is better than he was last year, because he will have to be better than he was last year, that'll be good. Um if it is a true horror show at center and you just can't play anyone there and that, that's productive, that's gonna be very bad. And yeah. then so a couple of things I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching is is Alan Crabb worth it? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big question this season, because while we I think we all were happy, with the Allen Crabb trade for the most part. Yeah. You know, not loving it, but
1: I think it's a, I think it's the right move. Is right. I will say it. Yeah. yeah. But to waste all
0: that amount of money for a guy who may not be worth it would be a
1: pretty huge error for Marks. The, but the may not be worth it thing is, <clears throat> I think for every single year that he's on this team, people will be like, even if he doesn't break out, they'll be like, this could be the year Alan Crab breaks out. You know, He's yeah, going to be one yeah. of those dudes we're constantly waiting for. He'll it'll be the Jeff Green of, of this team. Well, he's, like, so he's the perfect internet famous player. Mm-hmm.
0: His stats are always going to look good. I imagine he's always going to shoot well, and he's never going to shoot it enough. And there's always going to be someone to defend him and say, you know, if they just gave him more opportunity, he would be better. I think there's a reason why he doesn't get that much opportunity. I mean, he was on a team in Portland who had two significant ball handlers who did a lot of stuff on their own and shot the ball whenever they want to shoot the ball. And he was not even third banana, he was fourth banana with Evan Turner there. Yeah. Um he it'll be it'll, he's just gonna be he's like a big key to the season. Yeah. Like he actually has to be good. Um, for this team to be better than 28-and-a-half wins. And what's funny is that we talk about this in the context of, like, so this Kyrie trade happened. And the big thing about the reason why I like people like the Cleveland end of it, <laughs> at least as we see it yeah. now, is that they got the Nets' first-round pick, and there there's already mock drafts, of course there are, saying yeah. the, the Cavs are going to get Marvin Bagley or Michael Porter or whoever else is the big name. Um, yeah. I, don't, I really don't believe... That I if I had to bet on is the net are the nets going to be a bottom 4 team in the league or if they're going to be um within the the last four lottery slots yeah. I would choose the last four lottery slots over the bottom 4 like the be- top 4 picks over the last four picks in the lottery yeah. where would you go in that frame of mind do you think they're going to be closer to the playoffs or closer to the bottom of the of the racket
1: well well I'll tell it like this here's my uh I've been listening to a lot of like podcasts and stuff recently about uh the the trade and a lot of people are uh asserting that like well Danny Ainge a you know a, a hawkish basketball mind thinks that they're not going to be uh you know that the nets aren't going to be in the bottom three or whatever because that otherwise you wouldn't have traded that pick and I think that that assumes a fair amount of things and maybe unfairly I think probably you could make a similar argument just saying like i think he thinks kyrie irving is worth maybe the first overall pick because i i mean is there anyone that takes and makes harder shots in the, in basketball right now than kyrie irving at the rate that he does i don't know i think he's i think he could be you know, like a crazy transformative player on the right team. And I think the Celtics was probably the right team for him. Like people, oh, absolutely. Are, people were yeah. really like slamming the Celtics, uh, on, on this trade. And I, I, that was not my like knee jerk reaction. And I've like sort of inundated myself with enough, uh, of those people's, you know, words to be like, I guess maybe it wasn't such a hot, but I still like my knee jerk reaction. Was like, wow, they got Kyrie Irving, They're going to be amazing. Like r- really good fast.
0: You know, what's fun. I went on the Celtics, uh, website today because I was looking up, because, you know, there's a the report now that's out there that the Cavs are going to request to have either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum added to the deal because of the horrible medical situation allegedly mm-hmm. going on with Isaiah Thomas's hip. And on the I love uh, like team made stories, you know, yeah. this team journalism, <clears throat> um, uh, the Celtics team journalism. The headline was Super Danny Ainge made the trade because superstars win championships, mm-hmm. which is like. Super propaganda, right? It's yeah. fake news and all that perfect stuff. <laughs> but it is true yeah. that how far was Isaiah Thomas going to get you? He got you to the conference finals. I think anyone would say that Kyrie against, Irving against will be terrible
1: non-competition too. I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah, um, and that's all well. And then nearly and I, lost to my Wizards, who yeah.
0: are a flawed team
1: completely. Yes, like
0: completely Sh- de- and- should not be competitive with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway. can I
0: tell you as a Wizards fan, I'm more happy that uh, Kelly Olynyk is off the Celtics than yeah. then I don't like I don't care about Kyrie and Isaiah. That's a wash to me as yeah. a Wizards fan. I'm just happy Kelly Olynyk is off off the team because he was he was the only guy that could actually kill us. Is
1: that right? Yeah, I mean he he just had that one Kelly, big game. Kelly was a wizard killer. Um, was a, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, I think and I also think that. Um, you know Danny Ainge is selling high on Isaiah Thomas and I hate to say it because of um you know he had an an improbable season I think I think I think that this is probably the peak of Isaiah Thomas especially with regards to the injury concerns that everyone's you know talked enough about um well and it's going to be the fact that he's leaving this perfect built system
0: for him to go to a team where he's going to be a secondary ball handler. He'll be an amazing secondary ball handler, but he will be a secondary ball handler. Um, The Jay Crowder, like Jay Crowder is the key to the Cavs title hopes, is
1: hilarious to me. Yeah, I know. People are talking about this, that there's like the real component in this trade, the real... Uh, The warrior killer yeah (laughs) that's what he's gonna be he's gonna guard KD and he's
0: gonna guard all the other wing players the dude I mean okay here's what the funny thing is what we do is that we we add a guy's basketball on court value because of his low contract yeah Crowder has an amazing contract it's seven million dollars a year for like the next three seasons yeah that's incredible but if he was making $12 million a year, no one would be talking about him as, like, this amazing He's be an
1: okay wing, which is what he is. My theory is that these guys – anyone who averages around two steals and two threes per game because everyone plays fantasy basketball are like, <laughs> I, I love that guy. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's – uh, you know.
0: I do, have, I do have, like, a couple of questions about the Kyrie trade that I <laughs> want to throw your way. Some philosophical questions. Mm-hmm. So w- where we're at right now, and the last time we did a podcast, we literally talked about Kyrie – we did it like right before the trade yeah, happened. Yeah, it was minutes. Literally. So, so I, I, I always hesitate to always do this. Always. Don't <laughs> I hesitate to do this. But what we know right now is that the Cavs allegedly are saying that uh, Thomas's hip is bad mm-hmm. and it's worse than what they thought. And they're going to ask either for more resources or they may just completely revoke the trade. Um, question to you is Do you actually believe that the Cavs were shocked about Isaiah's hip or was this just a ploy to get more? Out of the Celtics, I,
1: I'm so I'm so weirded out by this whole thing. Like, I, I mean, obviously, everyone's talked about how there's like no precedent for going back to try to leverage more stuff after like I don't know. It's crazy from top to bottom. The only time I've, can you think of any other like just just rescinded deals like this? Like Sharif Rahim back in 2005 to the Nets is the only one I can think of. Um, in in baseball, I mean, I know it's super, it's super common for a guy. To find
0: out that some guy maybe does have like a shoulder issue that they throw in a back end prospect. Basketball doesn't work that way. There are yeah. no back end prospects to throw into the deal. There's not, and like, and really, what does that help the Cavaliers? There's not like, what is it? I mean, obviously they want Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown that would help them. But why? If I'm the Celtics, would, would that like
1: and so make publicly you feel better like about it, Isaiah like, Thomas? It puts you in a really odd position with Isaiah Thomas too. It's it's a, I, you know I. I don't know. I is it, Isn't it just a, a proper Cleveland gaffe because they're poorly managed? Is is, that, is is it as simple as that? Well, and it's
0: – so this is what's interesting to me. So like, <laughs> is it a ploy? Yeah, what was that? That was fun. Uh, I don't know. It was a little update. Um, is it a ploy or are they actually surprised about the injury? If they're surprised about the injury, then that's on Cleveland. And if I'm Boston, I'd say – like I'm, I know that that's why they do medical testing. They do medical testing to at the end of deals to actually justify a deal that to to confirm it and say everything's okay. And you can't know a guy's medical history until he's in your building, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, his hip injury was well known. It happened in the playoffs. It happened at a certain time when everyone knew it happened. He couldn't play in the playoffs because of it. Mm-hmm. So if you're surprised by that, and you're surprised by the severity of it, you're dumb. Yeah. Um. If uh, looked right at him too You're dumb I was, I was just like uh-huh <laughs> um, But it would be worse to me If if like the So Cleveland has a new GM I don't even know his name Altman Kobe Altman Something like that mm-hmm. if, he's, if he's trying to be Some kind of mastermind And they, they, they knew that They were going to use this injury As a negotiating ploy Because the Cavs situation Was already effed Right Kyrie didn't want to be there so their chemistry yeah. isn't ruined by right, no. Kyrie coming back. The Celtics' chemistry is torn apart mm-hmm.
1: because bunch you're, of guys were out of town. You can't. You you can't. That would be that would be a dirty dog, a next level move. I mean, I love. I love the the tin foil stuff. I love it, but
0: it's yeah. not that can't be true, right? It, I,
1: if if it is true, it's I mean, it's dope. I would love it. I would, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Because and super smart and a great way to mess with everyone involved's head, especially Kyrie Irving.
0: Well, because Kyrie, like Kyrie, to them is probably a lost asset. At the, I mean, they've already they're decided they're moving on from him. He's a lost asset, so they don't care about his chemistry.
1: It's also, and honestly, it's worth it for the pick. Just in the first, like they should take the deal because they're not going to get a better pick. Like I mean, they no. were looking at Eric Bledsoe and. And not anything else, basically. Yeah, because the
0: Suns would not include Josh Jackson, which is, again, still nuts to me. Because I know what's going to happen. We're going to get to December. Josh Jackson will be a nice rotation wing player. And he's not going to matter. Like, all these draft picks, none of them look that good once they get to the season. For the most part. I mean, like, obviously, there's generational players, and they all do great as rookies. Kevin Durant, LeBron, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think any of these dudes are those guys. No, They're so. going to be nice. They'll be fine. Like, Andrew Wiggins was enough to get Kevin Love at one point. Um, <clears throat> another quick, quick thing about it. If the trade is revoked, what happens to the Celtics? Like, what's your vision for the Celtics' season, the big headline? Like, if Isaiah's put back on that team... I think like the, what would be interesting is that fans would embrace him even more. The fans would rally bo- around, because they already hate Danny Ainge. It's the craziest thing that the Celtics fans dislike Danny Ainge. Do you know this? I think they have... Is it just proper hate, or do they
1: have a, like... Anger. There's an, a,
0: a dissatisfaction.
1: Really? Yeah, I because... I think that they're, like... I think that they... It's a sort of combination of like hate and respect, you know? I think it's sure. a it's a like a variety of it's a complex feeling they have towards him. Maybe there might be I a German know. word for it, but it's not <laughs> not an English word. But yeah, like I think like, you know, it's he's so cutthroat and insensitive about I mean Isaiah Thomas was, you know, the sweetheart of all sweethearts for that team. I was driving through Massachusetts, there was a
0: gas station chain that Isaiah was the pitchman. There's a little yeah. Isaiah when you drive
1: by, he looks so happy. He's selling grilled cheese. Yeah, but I don't know that. I you know I I don't know that. I don't know that he's that unique in that. I think he he acts on it probably more. Who Danny Ainge? Danny Ainge. Uh, he acts on it because he does have like the assets to do it with. Like he has had like the Paul Pierce trade um, and like Kevin Garnett thing. You're like you're getting the spirit of the team. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of other teams managers would do that they just don't have like legacy players like that to do it with like Kobe Bryant Dirk Nowitzki are the only ones you consider doing that with really and Dirk is still like sort of productive and not really worth doing that with I mean you would consider doing that with Kobe but you know that was a special circumstance there's not a ton of players in that position where you know but and and more often than not because they've already left their you know their teams in one way or another so I'm just saying like um I think he's not unique in the fact that he's got like even like I was reading an old interview about Mikhail Prokhorov and he said that he doesn't like to come down into the uh, locker room that much because he doesn't you know he doesn't want to hear about guys having new kids and you know buying houses and stuff because it'll make it'll it'll make it'll cloud his judgment when he needs to trade them. And I totally like
0: when I play NBA 2K or Madden (laughs) and I'm the my favorite team. I'm I'm I do not want to trade Trevor Booker. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm attached to him. It's a video game. I'm attached to him. Yeah. If a guy on FIFA tells me he wants to play in a match, which they can do, they like email you as a manager, I put him in the game. Yeah. I'm that sensitive of a soul. Yeah. Um uh, I, I totally and I get that. Yeah, is Danny Age more cutthroat than anyone else? For the most part, I mean I, I do think he is. I think this trade was too good to be true. If you remove emotion, you get a point guard who's six years younger or whatever, like four, four years or four years younger. Who higher ceiling for sure has done more for longer, uh, better pedigree. You get rid of a wing who is going to be not going to play all that much for you anyways. I mean, if Jalen Round, Justin Tatum are actually good, then those guys should be playing more than Jay Crowder, who's limited. Zizic, who no one has any clue about. I mean, I love how people talk about how he's like a big deal too in the trade that this the, the Cavs now have a center. It's like no one has any clue who he is. Let's just yeah. stop. The first round pick is the big thing. The Nets pick, which again, I really hope that that pick is like nine overall. If this pick is nine overall, I can hey, celebrate. What are the
1: odds? The odds
0: by Vegas standards, the odds well, that you- it's the sixth pick is four percent. You you talked about the there's that cushy that cushy not middle it's a cushy lower half right you know they they basically the calf of the NBA you know there's the feet which is the bulls and then the nets are in that cushy meaty calf there's like seven seven teams
1: right there can they get up yeah. to the butt can they get up to that they, middle they can, butt they can definitely get up to the hammy to the ham hawk yeah they can get up to the hammy it, you like, get up to you can get into the like you know seventh eighth worth spot you're you're, you're talking about a you know seventh or eighth pick.
0: What's interesting about the Lakers' projection is that because... What's the the trade that they made? So that pick is protected two through five. And mm-hmm. that's when it would not go to... I think the Lakers don't have their pick, right? Completely? I forget. I don't think the Lakers have any chance of getting that first-round pick. I think it's either the Sixers have it or... The, why not, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to talk
1: until I get to look it up.
0: But I think 33.5 is rich. I love our boy, Brooke. Cantavis Caldwell-Pope. I hate yeah Um, Lonzo ball will be great but I think it's kind of rich to put a team that has no direction there is no direction on that team to give them that amount of wins when the Nets have a clear direction the Nets the Nets are the only team of those bottom group that knows what they want to do the Suns a team that should be trying to win because they've lost for so long they have no clue what they're doing
1: yeah they're completely lost I wonder how well things are going to go for Brooke out there I hope I hope things go well for him but I'm worried. Well, what will be interesting,
0: what's Brooks' next team? Yeah. Like, he's going to play for the Lakers this one year. He's not going to be on the Lakers the year after that. Um, like, who in the NBA, what will the salary of Brooke Lopez look like? Because we talked about, I remember when, when he resigned with the Nets, there was debate about whether it was a worthy contract mm-hmm. because of his foot problems, and he's done well. Yes, turned out to be a big win. Um, <clears throat> who and what will be paid for a guy that, can now shoot threes but is still slow-footed on defense in quotes and is limited there's a limit to Brook lopez in today's nba yeah. i love him
1: could he come back here to the Nets? yeah i don't know i don't know what's what'll be the future for him i think like his his real like golden years are still ahead of him and i think it's as like a killer sixth man like bizarre sixth man on a very good team you know like
0: greg monroe but yeah 25 better
1: right um and like then he'll just be mega valuable to
0: you know who what would make a lot of sense yeah brooks saying i made a lot of money in my career i'm gonna go home
1: or play for the warriors for the warriors is what's gonna be that's where i was dancing around everyone's gonna be that
0: like just that that epic addition off the bench yeah who makes total sense for their i mean offense and I mean, you were like Zaza Pachulia could yeah. rip 3s. Yeah. <laughs> um that would be god that would be devastating. it's, and not, it's, it's very not, possible it's not Zaza Pachulia could rip 3s <laughs> That's very possible. Disrespectful. Um does Okay, and I'm I'm a believer in karma. Are you? I'm a believer in karma. Are you actually a believer in karma? I think it I think it's more of that I'm a believer in statistics and I'm a believer in the, the fact that if you keep flipping a quarter And it mm. keeps showing up heads It's going to be tails at some point right <laughs> Well well, yes the, the Celtics have been flipping that corner, quarter And it's been heads consistently mm-hmm. Ever since the KG Pierce trade What I am hoping Is that this this trade This ripping out the heart of the Celtics Throwing it to your competitor Stealing away the young player mm. Giving away this pick That yes I, the Celtics Deserve that pick they made the trade but I'm I'm still mad and bitter about it. Mm. I'm hoping this is now them flipping the quarter and now it's tails. And Danny Ainge has extended himself too much, not realizing how good of a situation that they may have had. And then this help outs the Nets. The karma of this this ripping out the heart of your team mm. will reverberate down to Brooklyn. Yeah, and the Nets season will be way better. This trade mm. will be this trade will be revoked. Wow, Isaiah's hip will not be good. Um, I don't want that, but that's what's going to happen. Yeah, this is and the Nets are going to make the playoffs. A real karmic bottoming out here. Amazing, you know, Nets pick that people are talking about as being the number two overall, which I don't think will will that will not happen.
1: Here's here's what I think. I mean, regard. I like your idea, but in terms of like the karmic cycle in this, I don't think the Nets are still on the good we're not on the good side of karma yet i mean we we're not yet we're there we're there, doing it. We're there. marks man we haven't <laughs> done i mean i don't know
0: kenny's <laughs> mr karma good times he runs on the <laughs> treadmill after losses yeah I mean, every maybe, night yeah
1: i don't know maybe we just paid our dues for like that uh, we're gonna win a championship in five years maybe that was the um hey uh one quick thing sure. um the Nets, let Switch it back to to the Nets stuff. Uh, did you see the new jerseys? The new Nike jerseys that are exactly the same with an in, giant. I think it needs more info. I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> make it, I think we could go for a Bigger little rudder. more in for. Yeah.
0: Do did you want to see something different?
1: Mm,
0: I did. I wanted to see something different. I didn't want it. I didn't like. I didn't want it to be the full time jerseys. We haven't seen alternates, right? We don't. We don't.
1: No, we just saw the the, the basics. Yeah. Did you want something different? I mean I'm expecting something They better roll something different out But They're not They're just not Well in
0: terms of the home and away It's not the alternates Yeah the alternates We know
1: it's going to play on Old It's going to be the blue and the gray And the Oh the Dodgers The Dodgers one The Dodgers one is. I I know people love that one But it's butt fugly In my mind I loved it Isn't when it first pe- came out but people have really terrible design. I I, I got to say it. like like the Charlotte Hornets when they had their like redesign thing, everyone was over the moon about it and I was like this is disgusting. This yeah. is grotesque. Why does everyone like this so much?
0: Well, it's like the whole thing it's going to be it's going to look bad in 5 years, but then in 15 years yeah. everyone's going to be wearing it, yeah. you know, and it looks super cool. But True true. But then I I was excited to see if the Nets wanted to push it a little bit more. The fact that their colors are black and white though, I think that limits the amount of creativity mm-hmm. i would like some pinstripes mm-hmm. give me some give me like so like some mafia pinstripes oh, jesus this you sounds... know like you, a black go... suit with like just like, just white, like a john Gotti theme. just a white <laughs> yeah a light white pinstripe and that's why they can also play into the yankees yeah. you know with you know they could have a Dodgers uniform, which yeah. is the whatever. Then play with the Yankees. They got the pinstripe uniform. Put little like- fedoras on them
1: and get them out there. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, smart. I like it. Uh, what couple more things? Sorry. The Nets are back. More. Uh, I, love that. I wanted to give a shout out to. I found a really great YouTube channel uh, called Speed of Lin, and I was watching their stuff, uh, his stuff, and uh, I think everyone should subscribe to it because if it's if he keeps making the videos that he's made last year. Uh, you're gonna like him, but he goes in on and like sort of breaks down the offense and stuff. And he had a particularly good uh, episode about uh, the the motion strong offense that. Uh, Kenny Atkinson has Deployed last season sure. uh, Versus the pick and roll offense That they used and he did some like Advanced statistics about it and stuff And it's if for any of you out there Wondering whether uh, like this offense Is more geared towards D'Angelo Russell I think you can rest easy because if they do more Motion uh strong Offense it appears like that's The more effective version uh, I think one of the stats that I pulled off the screen And again shout out everyone follows Speed of Lynn Uh He said uh, statistically, watched a bunch of footage and and pulled 14 points per seven motion sets for Jeremy Lin (laughs) versus 13 points per eight pick and roll sets, uh, which is a so for that's point (laughs) 63 points per game uh, points per possession versus two points per per, per possession, and they ran that at a 60 40 split in favor of pick and roll. So you can it's almost it's you're pretty safe to assume you're going to. you're not going to be pick and rolling pretty much with anyone like Jared, the Jared Allen or Timothy Mozgov. Pick well, and that, roll yeah. is not going to be a threat.
0: That's what's interesting is that the the league is overtaken by pick and roll offense, but yeah. there's no one to pick and roll right. on this team. Right? Who, maybe that's why you get Jared Solinger because he actually is a he's not a roller, but he's a picker. He's he's certainly a picker.
1: Yeah, he can he can throw
0: that. But you can't run it with Mozgov. I mean, Jared Allen is projected to be the the pick and lob dunk type of dude. Yeah. Like he should be that. Yes. Um I think you're 100% right it's going to be a lot more this offense is going to be a lot more sort of slashing around, moving around quickly, multiple ball handlers trying to create mismatches yeah. not via picks but by via motion
1: but in particular what's interesting too is that the way that the motion strong offense works is that the primary ball handler gives up the ball very early on in the set. So you'll see, and this was, this was used a lot more in the beginning half of the season last year because then Jeremy Lynn went out and they had to sort of reconfigure everything. Yeah. Um, but in those first games where like, it was like, Oh, the nets are overachieving what's going on. Uh, I pulled a lot of like statistics from that. And, uh, that like those sets, it basically starts out with like pass it to like the three in the corner, you know, like or like at the elbow uh extended. And that's how the set starts. And then Jeremy Lin goes off and like does like a basically like, you know, hammer cut thing. I'm interested to see how much D'Angelo Russell
0: is not going to be a ball hog this year. I don't I'm not saying he is a ball hog. I think there's going to be a, a reaction inside of himself to basically be like, I'm the dude, right? Yeah. I'm the I'm going to be the hero and I need the ball in my hands. When I, that's not the best way for him to play basketball, no. it's not the best way for this team to play basketball.
1: I have, I have I have faith in Kenny Atkinson's ability to rein that kind of thinking in. I really do.
0: What do you think? So, D'Angelo was the, he like he was in he was hanging out with Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. yesterday. Just we've been now he's now a, been in net for two months. Uh, who? Sorry, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell.
1: Give me your feeling of
0: D'Angelo Russell.
1: What do, when you think about him as a net fan, how do you I, feel I, about? I'm him? only getting more excited. I mean, as like more and more media sort of rolls out and people start like have have sort of endeavored to unpack, you know, what a person like like a player like with his projections traded at this station in their career. A lot of James Harden comparisons are being drawn, <laughs> and his statistically speaking on paper is very much on par with a player of James of James Harden's caliber. And it's hard not to get excited about seeing that kind of, uh, that kind of stuff. So that combined with what I think is, is just one of those sort of crazy confidence, uh, mindsets that, that neither of us really have, but, but <laughs> yeah, some, but some, some professional, some professional athletes seem to have, he's got that to at an elite level of his own. And it seems to just be growing and growing. Um, like, I don't know. It's really hard not to, not to laugh. like, as far as like, think about the Darren Williams, uh, like transition period versus the D'Angelo even, Russell. I can't even think and about it's, it and anymore. It's, you heard, you would hear stories about Darren Williams complaining. He just bought a 16 million dollar penthouse in Tribeca or something, and he's like, the city smells a little. I don't know. God, such a wet fart. Like, what a wet fart of a human. I, I mean, I, the one that anyone who's like super rich is complaining about New York City is like, no. Like you, you have the best of this. Go Not away, this, go away. I agree. There's much of it that sucks. You don't have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you Uber or yeah. personal car everywhere. It's, it's still yeah. that. That's
0: to me. That's the only yeah. bad thing. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with you. I think so. Anthony Puccio did a recent interview with D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, at when I guess D'Angelo was at the Nets like kids camp of some kind. So Anthony Puccio talked to him. Everything I'm getting from Russell is. Positive, like and not even like I'm not saying like he's been he's going to be this tremendous Russell Wilson type leader that's going to r- resurrect this team and they're going to be amazing. But everything he's saying is the right thing. He said consistently he has yet to even take a shot at the Lakers like he's only said that I want to beat the Lakers. Mm hmm. He hasn't taken a single shot at Magic Johnson. When I think he had the full right to take a shot at Magic Johnson. Who cares if Magic Johnson the Hall of
1: Famer? He's more mature than Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah. you know? He's better than the, the, the like I the mean, classiest guy. Yeah. The the, but like seriously, like that I am 21 year like so Wait, know. do you think of Magic Johnson as like the classiest guy? Was that an actual take? Like I don't I think Magic Johnson is is a of? beloved and great guy, but I think he does like accidentally say some dumb things.
0: Of the NBA superstar level, so I actually have this. I have a I have this in news around the league, um, and we can get to this later. But like, basically, like if you look at the best players in the NBA history, most of them aren't cool people mm. or like respectful people. Mm-hmm. Most of them are weirdos. Okay, I'll point that out in Kobe Bryant. What he's been doing lately. Okay, Magic has seemed to be relatively a completely normal-ish person. He's bad on Twitter. There's no question about that. He's mm. not good at Twitter, but it's w- and he, but he typically handles every situation extremely well. It's strange that he said what he said about D'Angelo Russell. He said it because that's how he feels, mm-hmm. and that got that snuck out of him. Yeah.
1: Um, well, see, this is it. Like nobody has to hasn't scrutinized his stuff before because he hasn't been in a, like a, you know a position where your your media presence really matters as much as it does. And in, in this, and yeah, so mm-hmm. I think I think it's a learning curve thing, obviously, but. It was pretty badly mishandled, you know? And that's what I think is interesting. So, like, we always say about athletes that they
0: should, you know, why don't they do this? Why don't they say this? Blah, 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 blah. And we understand that these athletes are getting a lot of help from agents and PR people. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell is actually seeming to to follow advice or guiding him his own self through this minefield of going from L- L.A.'s number one team to Brooklyn, two major media markets. He's made that transition without negativity. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's, that's a a positive sign on the court. I'm super excited to see. I'm just so excited. I'm, this is this is gonna be fantastic.
1: The more I think about, it, like you know, the the memory of Brook Lopez, dear as he is to my heart, is yeah. pretty distant at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the only
0: thing, like, I still okay. wish they didn't give up the Kevin the Kyle Kuzma pick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because now he's looking so he's goddamn looking good, so, so and he'd be perfect on this team. Not rain. that they would have picked
1: him, right? But <laughs> who knows? But that would have been. Yeah, That would have been exciting. Last thing before I yeah. let you have the mic again. Um, wanted to read something from Cheer Boy, Louis Estevez. Um, he kind of had a uh, a killer comparison for us, but so he kind of just, he just did the job for us so we don't have to do it. Excellent. Which is my favorite. So if anyone out there, cheerboys at netspod at gmail.com, you can just, if you want to, think of a killer comparison and even better do it and i will just read it that's now we're cooking with gasoline um so uh first of all thank you uh lou as ever he's like definitely the george washington on my mount uh don't bring up george washington anymore man sorry (laughs) on the mount Rushmore that i'm going to take down and it's very topical um (laughs) because he did a a i said he did a politics uh killer comparison but here's the thing we don't have to talk about our politics we can just read his that's and he's just a guy you know i don't hey what do i know you know (laughs) what what was what does any of us know about um our politics so anyways he added us (laughs) oh god he added us to to it uh so guy. so he compared us to politicians right so the guys he said i would say you guys are al franken funny irreverent sorry i know you don't like being constantly painted by the word but it works true really? um and pretty goofy but ready to throw down some knowledge when needed and impressively so that's for you mike that's um, sweet billy king uh <laughs> so uh he says okay i'll probably show my political leanings here but oh well maybe this is the sort of thing that can be done on the air as may piss off some of your audience but you know whatever uh he says billy king is george w um they both tried to do what they thought was best, but made a series of mistakes that eventually dug the team slash country into what seemed like an unrecoverable hole. But I think that's a extremely pretty well thought I'm, out. And, I'm honestly, I'm and reading this because I think it's really good. Like, okay. Yeah, that, that's really well done. Yeah. Um, I would, if this was just like. That's not even that partisan.
0: That's just, that's
1: just a good it's and a history, high, it's a, history take. Great take. Um, Sean Marks is Barack Obama. New, youngish uh, Youngish looking guy when they started, who doesn't have eons of experience, but fresh new ideas that gets everyone all jazzed. The rest of the league world likes them as well, and they bring a subdued, quiet intelligence to their position. And can I say, both born outside the country? Mm, Yes, both from Kenya. (laughs) Uh, D-Will, he's Ted Cruz. (laughs) It's, great. it's just so yeah.
0: good i don't even think that needs to be explained no one but really likes him it
1: especially the folks who interact with him the most has some talent and at one point looked like he was a star with a huge potential for a giant career but wow. his surly negative attitude just seemed to piss everyone off and now he's just some guy everyone hates uh so good phil wow. jackson That's... yeah phil jackson's yeah. donald trump someone had to be um also, he's not a net, but hey, it fits. <clears throat> both had an incredibly successful career in a somewhat related field and then decided to run the whole damn thing, and it feels miserably tarnishing <laughs> but their previous accomplishments. They lash out hard when they both get hammered by the press, by their failures, firing, alienating those around them. Good, um, <laughs> Kenny Atkinson. He's Bernie Sanders. The guy comes in, starts preaching team basketball, sharing the rock, and everyone being able to share and distributing the ball in this classless, positionless world. That both preach and re- they rely heavily on youth, the millennials, for Bernie's main man in uh, for for sorry the millennials for Bernie's main support. And in Ka's case, he is relying on a very young team to implement his vision. Um, so wow, that's. The- cl- giant shout out to lou estevez that's perfect uh you might get a double cena no just kidding um but (laughs) but but yeah that was great and thank you for for solving the killer comparison drought perfect yeah i don't even need to there's no need to comment on it because those
0: are kind of perfect hero uh
1: you want to do the news it's the news
0: All right, news around the league here. Uh, we So I, I was going to do some of the Kyrie stuff, but we, we hit that. So I have one news around the league thing left. Uh, Kobe Weird is the headline on the story. Mm. Um, Kobe has started to come out of his shell even a little bit more mm. recently. Uh, he has randomly started challenging not even just current NBA players, just people uh, online to be better. Okay. Mm. So it started with, uh, Isaiah Thomas he said I challenge you He tweeted at him he said in public tweet And the, each of these tweets had some Picture below it of a word That was like one said Honesty and one said oh, it was terrible Okay Isaiah Thomas I challenge you to make the all NBA first team Next season okay he challenged him Then he goes Kendrick Lamar I challenge you to record a label To revolutionize I challenge your record label to revolutionize The music program at Centennial High School and then he says now this is this is really aggressive and strange what's next one Demar DeRozan mm-hmm. I I challenge you to rekindle a lost friendship from your youth in Compton <laughs> what? and and the again the photo below that was was like halogen lights of the word honesty what the f- I'm, I don't want to curse but like WTF what is the
1: what, what, there, what? There's obviously something
0: that's not again. That's not even a subtweet. That is a direct shot mm-hmm. at Demar Derozan. Basically Did saying Demar Derozan. Respond? I guess he didn't. No, I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And then he challenged someone from the Wizards. Tweeted at at Kobe and he said John Wall should be the first. You know, try to be on first team all defense. Giannis tweeted at Kobe. Says what's my challenge? And Kobe said to be MVP.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So one, how do you feel about this? That
1: Kobe is just blasting out. I think this is what happens when you, you know, you're an athlete a little bit too long, and your notion of social media is just like, um, like, like it's really competitive. Really, like, there's like everything's like rise and grind. Like, like, per, like nobody. Like LeBron's <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: terrible. Like him dancing in workouts to, yeah. to rap music and him kind of rapping. along So with I it.
1: think like. Their relationship with social media is a lot like a person. Like if you ever heard one of these like Facebook friends who like suddenly starts selling you protein shakes and stuff, you know, like it's if <laughs> you ever had one of these, or like <laughs> they're like they're like I'm a workout person now, and like Here's, oh I've seen, yeah i have a worked yeah but they're like <laughs> I'll no like, protein shakes. or like green juices or whatever you know like oh okay yeah, uh, yeah. weight loss crap basically yeah i feel like they're like i challenge you to get up off your butt like and you know and just just break a sweat right now like i feel well, like-,
0: like and we talked about this beforehand but like yeah. kevin hart challenging other celebrities to donate money to houston yeah that is important but that's also like if you actually look at it in the context of what reality is like yeah that is extremely weird behavior to tell someone Hey, donate ten thousand to five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, just blast
1: like because if those people don't do it, mm-hmm. they are jack tushes. You better know a lot about that person's finances if you are going to come at them. Like, my, <laughs> it's like actually, my my money's tied up in children's hospitals right now. I yeah, can't, like, yeah,
0: they can do whatever they <laughs> yeah. want. Screw you,
1: yeah. man. Don't
0: yeah. don't make people do, like motivate people to donate, but don't specifically call. But like this Kobe thing. The Demar Derozan thing is extremely strange. I challenge you to rekindle a lost friendship from your youth in Compton. Where does that come from? One does he know? I mean, I'm sure he has some sense of who Demar Derozan is. Derozan grew up in Compton. Kobe played there. I'm sure as Demar Derozan was coming up, there was there was probably some type of relationship in some way. What happened to just being like? I challenge you to eat as many
1: hot dogs as you can in a sitting. You know, (laughs) that's if you're. (laughs) That's what social media is for. (laughs) A cinnamon challenge. Yeah, yeah. Eat, eat, I what challenge it, you to eat a tablespoon of cinnamon.
0: Chug a gallon of milk. Yeah, it <laughs> would be great actually yeah. if Kobe challenged someone to do that. Um, so this leads to another question: yeah. Who was the last cool
1: best player in the league? What? How do you define cool? Wow, this is this is going to get big. Like this is a so, big question.
0: So let's run through it a little bit. Yeah, LeBron is the best player in the league. Yeah. LeBron is not cool.
1: No. Not cool. He's not cool in the way that, like, like feel like I'm just thinking, like, he's sort of like the Elon Musk of basketball. Like Elon Musk is <laughs> That's not. really good. It's not. Killer comparison. <laughs> yeah. Which Silicon no. Valley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not bad. Um, save it for next time. But yeah, he's like, he's not cool, like, but he's so, uh, only by virtue of him being so sort of like transcendently successful or whatever, um, but not by virtue. Like, it's, there's just no way to be cool at that level. Yeah. Um, like who yeah it's, so it's, there is a sort of like almost a you know a, a scale you know you have to give up some of your coolness to be really true be at the top the yeah
0: <laughs> like kobe so if i'm gonna go lebron i'll say kobe was the best player before lebron kobe is not cool one i mean like let's not even get into he's just a weird dude i think not in terms of like well he kind of grew up to be a loner. He grew up in Italy. He was always classically terrible to teammates. Not a person he wanted to hang out with. If you go before Kobe, yeah. I guess Shaq was maybe the best player in the NBA. But but is Shaq cool? I think, He's a I think the closest
1: you get is like Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin is like... But even he punched a friend in the face. Yeah, And that's not a cool thing that's to not, do. That's not super cool. I've... I've never done that, and I'm super cool. So, um, but no, I th- But he's like his sense of humor is, I would say, the most nuanced out of out of any of the players I can think yeah. of. Yeah, you know, he's got that kind of like like that Tim and Eric like comedic timing. You know what I mean? I mean, of the current NBA landscape of the
0: you know like the best players, I'm trying. I mean, I think I would get along with James Harden the best. Get along, yeah. Get along. That's something about James Harden's appealing. He seems actually like chill mm-hmm. and not a jackass. And he
1: dated Khloe Kardashian, man. It's like you got to. be. A, that's a crazy thing to do. i am in on that. You, you like that?
0: I'm. I, you know, I, I. think if you're gonna date any of them, she's that's the most the normal. Um, I guess that's true. Uh, but like, even going back again into history, like, is was is Jordan was cool. The image of Jordan was cool, but as we find out more about him, he's he's a he is also an incredibly strange person. And if he was your friend, if he was your friend here on the couch, no, not a fun guy to be
1: around. I don't
0: like people who are aggressively competitive. <laughs> when you play sure. flip cup, I when I play, yeah, yeah. When you play like flip like cup, I do at five o'clock, yeah, yeah. When you play flip cup, you're around the table. And there's the one person on your team who is yelling at each and every person as dude, they. Goodbye. I don't.
1: First of all, I I knew the second I saw Flip Cup for the first time, I'm like I don't ever want to do this. This is way too stressful. Yes, <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs>
0: yeah. dude. I was playing Flip Cup. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It's too much. <laughs> What'd you but, do? Yeah, no. I was at the. I was. I always. Some because I'm stupid. I end up at the end of the line and I always oh, choke. Boy, I, I'm not good. I'm not good under athletic pressure. Um, but. <laughs> That's because you're have not going under muscles. any kind of pressure. I'm yeah, try to order a beer at a bar, you yeah, break. Yeah, just, oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Me ordering it at a restaurant is yeah. just—I'll—I'll I'll want a chicken sandwich. I'll end up ordering lasagna. Like I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with me. But like Jordan, again, is Jordan cool? Jordan is cool. His brand is cool. But if he was actually around you, I don't think you'd mm. want to hang out with him.
1: I think there's also, like, eccentric, like, Charles Berkeley is, like, laugh, like, uh, he's like, he's interesting, eccentric, not unlikable, like, kind of just a crazy guy, you know? Yeah. Um I don't know. but yeah, no. It's it's an interesting. It's a good theory. I like it. Hey, by the way, did you see? There's a ramen place that it's just a bunch of like cubicles, and you go in and you, you don't interact with anybody, and you just sit sit in a booth and eat ramen by yourself. Does it come out of like a slot? It comes like out of a out of slot. A yeah, you don't really? see anybody. I was like, oh, that's for Mike. That's a Mike restaurant. Right there. I
0: want I want the uh, French prison restaurant where it's like a Count of Monte Cristo, where you're sitting in like a darkened like wow. stone cell. And they open up the thing and the thing comes to you. Yeah. And
1: you just take it. You don't say hello to anyone. You there, just sit there and eat. There was in Prague, uh, there's like a bunch in of. In th- Prague. Mike, you, you've got to let it go. You've got to let this <laughs> jealousy go. Um, in Prague, there's a lot of theme, like hilariously dumb themed restaurants, and there was one um, nice. that we went to. It was like a caveman themed restaurant. Oh, <laughs> so really? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. Were you yeah. Eating, like giant rib like rib thing on like a I'm stone. Like a. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you remember growing up? Like theme restaurants were the the innovation in re- the restaurant business. Like, dude, when Medieval Times came out, it it like
1: which is insane that, the, can you imagine the business proposal you're like guys here's what we're gonna do we need a place that it's a hundred thousand square feet how many medieval times do you think there are in america right now are they doing well are they shutting down like what's going on i feel is like the, they have to be shutting down because who has the like how much does it cost it's probably gonna be pretty expensive it's so expensive i mean like it, it, the, the price
0: you the, the amount of money you have to add on to the food itself to make no. it to pay for the performers no. and the space has to be three times the amount of the of, of what it would normally be.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's like there's like horses, and like you gotta you gotta pay for the horse. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe like the Rainforest Cafe was. Yeah, I remember as like a kid, that was the spot to be. Um, there was another one. Re- oh, ESPN Zone's like the classic. Oh yeah, like I yeah. remember why? I mean, I loved it as a kid. The first one was in Baltimore. You know, in my area, no big deal. The first one. Wow. Yeah, and it was a big deal. Yeah. And you would go there and get, like, the Stuart Scott burger, and (laughs) you'd be so happy. Like, like me thinking, like, oh, my God, I can watch TV while I eat was just, like, a mind-blowing innovation. And now I do it every night.
1: Living the dream. Um, All right, tie a bow on it, Mike. Um, So give us a rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Oh, I can't stress how much those iTunes ratings help. Stress it. We are going to drink sweat off of someone's face. I got to talk to you what I want to do about
0: those cocktails later I have an idea. you know I got
1: my my buddy Colin gave me some grief about it. he's like what's up with your last episode dude I was like what he's like Nets themed cocktails <laughs> you know incriminating yeah. it's, face it's incriminating adultrums. emoji <laughs> it's the aduldrums
0: yeah um, at PQ Glue is on Twitter Facebook there will be exclusive content on the Glue Guys Facebook page search for it it'll happen at some point um, very excited for the season it's going to happen we're going to have some big guests coming up 49 days away 49 days away
1: the season is oh my god like the start of yeah
0: wow that's incredible um so yeah keep listening download and read netsdaily.com and if you check out one other podcast you want to listen to other nba podcasts almighty baller radio
1: make it an almighty baller podcast okay thanks everybody take it easy bye bye